0: No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM Cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible.
1: This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. We're joined by one of our favorite and most frequent guests The eloquent and the talented, the gifted Ryan McGee. Ryan, thank you for being with us. It has been, um, it has been an interesting week, if that's the way to put it in your world. Of course, the Daytona 500, most of the race delayed until Monday. And then that horrific crash involving Ryan Newman on the final lap. You were at the hospital at Halifax Medical Center, Daytona. The news was good where do we stand right now as we speak on ryan newman's situation
0: well ryan newman is home in north carolina uh against all odds he went home on wednesday afternoon i mean everyone was stunned including those of us who stood outside the hospital for 24 hours that that right after i returned home all of us did uh he walked right out the front door with his two daughters and so he is back in north carolina he will be watching uh the uh, cup race all all the nascar action this weekend from the las vegas motor Speedway, from his home in charlotte and uh and his plan is to try to be back in the race car uh as quickly as possible maybe even the next weekend and my my gut instinct after 25 years of covering motorsports is uh, he won't be back in the car that quickly but my gut instinct thankfully has been completely wrong uh, ever since I saw his crash. So uh, he has continued to prove me wrong, and I hope that he continues to do so.
1: What was your gut instinct when you saw the crash from your perspective?
0: Well, I was standing in Victory Lane uh, at Daytona, we were waiting uh, for the end of the race, and it's the worst place at the Daytona National Speedway to watch the race because you only have this small window where you can see the cars come down the front stretch just as they passed underneath the starter stand. And as they went by, uh, his car was airborne. And I saw it land uh, and, and was hit by the car of Corey LaJoy, no fault of his own. And what concerned me and concerned anyone who knows anything about auto racing is that Corey LaJoy's car hit Ryan Newman's car right in the window net. And so for, for the folks that don't know, that's basically the only soft spot on the race car. That's where the driver's head is. Uh, there's no window there. It's just, a, it's just a net. And so that was the concern was that the impact was right there Where Ryan Newman's head would have been while he was hanging upside down, and uh, that's that's what's frightened me. It's what frightened everyone. And um, I mean, I was standing in Victory Lane with a lot of old school hardened racers, and they all had that look on their face, like we're not saying a word until we know something. And thankfully, two hours later. Uh, We had much better news than we expected.
1: We're speaking to Ryan McGee about Ryan Newman and the crash that occurred Monday at the Daytona 500, a race won for the second consecutive year by Denny Hamlin. And Ryan, there was a time, of course, when crashes such as what we saw on Monday were not uncommon. And sadly, of course, deaths on the track were not all that uncommon. But that's changed over the years. What does it say about the state of NASCAR um, that this was such a shock to the system this week?
0: Well, what it says is we've become spoiled. We have. We've become safety spoiled in the sport because uh, no driver has has died in a a crash in the NASCAR's top three national series. That's the Cup Series, it's Xfinity, it's also the Truck Series, the three national series. No one has died in a race car in this series since February 18th, 2001. And that was Dell Earnhardt. And, uh, you know, I almost quit covering the sport um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, because, Jeremy, it got to the point where every time I went to the racetrack, uh, I was convinced I would be covering a funeral the next week. I mean, I was there for... Nearly a half a dozen driver deaths. I was there for a half a dozen fan deaths. Um, and then when I wasn't there in person, I was still having to write and produce the obituaries for the likes of Adam Petty and Kenny Irwin and Tony Roper. And it wasn't just NASCAR. It was also open wheel racing. It was drag racing. It was, um, and it just got to the point where I'm like, what, what are we doing? And I talked to my friends who had covered the sports, the, the sport in the sixties and they said, this is as bad as it's ever been. And unfortunately what it took. Was for Superman to die, which is what happened when Dale Earnhardt died. Um, you know these other guys; these are young guys, right? Whatever, these are inexperienced guys. That's how they could kind of write that off. And then once Dale Earnhardt was gone, the toughest of the tough, a guy who raced with a broken collarbone, or raced with you know a cracked skull, all these things back in the day. When when Dale Earnhardt Senior was gone, it forced everyone to mandate safety devices that already existed. Head and neck restraints and closed face helmets and custom-built seats and the way the roll bar is set and uh, safer barrier soft walls that we saw Ryan Newman hit. All of all of the things that were implemented in the weeks after Delerhart's death are what saved Ryan Newman on Monday night.
1: We're speaking with Ryan McGee about NASCAR and about the Daytona 500, which took place on Monday. And when we saw that crash, and it was so horrific, it, it seems miraculous that anybody could be walking away from that even if it's 48 hours later out of the hospital, that picture now, uh, which has uh, gone viral of him walking out of the hospital holding the hands, I think, of his two daughters. Right, Ryan? That's right. Yeah. Um, and and um, for someone like Ryan Newman, a veteran in his 40s who's been doing this a long time, how do you expect this to affect him as he continues to pursue a career in this sport?
0: I don't believe it will. And and I, I say that because, I mean, this is a guy who has done this since, I mean, you know, for a racer like Ryan Newman, for a Jeff Gordon, for a Tony Stewart, for a Delano Hart Jr., you know, the rest of us, we played t-ball. These guys were in quarter midgets. You know, for the rest of us, we maybe played Pop Warner football. And these guys were already racing on half-mile racetracks, you know, in sprint cars.
1: You mean like when they're eight years old, when they're nine years old, they're they're going 150 miles an hour.
0: Exactly. They're doing that. And they're in these monstrous machines. And so for a guy like Ryan Newman, who came up through the exact same Midwestern USAC sprint car ladder as A.J. Foyt, as Mario Andretti, as Jeff Gordon, he was kind of the next in that line. And so, you know, he has always been very critical of uh, super speedway racing in NASCAR, but he's always still done it. And, and he's won a Daytona 500, and he almost won another on Monday night. And so uh, I don't believe this will slow him down. It might make him take pause as a father. Uh, it might make him take pause as a husband. His marriage was already uh, that he and his uh, wife had just admitted publicly the week before this that they were separated. And maybe this will make him make him take pause about those things. But I don't believe it will make him take pause when it comes to driving race cars. Is it
1: problematic, Ryan, in any way when you see something like that and then you see Ryan Newman fortunately walk away from it, uh, if not unscathed, seemingly okay, let's put it that way, that it creates a false sense of complete confidence in the safety of this sport, which, of course,
0: it isn't and can never be? That's what was so fascinating and I use that word now because I'm looking back on it, fortunately. That's what was so fascinating about that experience on Monday night and Tuesday in Daytona. Because again, for someone who covered all those deaths and who, who still, I, I'm still covering deaths in, in other forms of motorsports. But for someone who's dealt with that, it was interesting watching the crew members in the media corps and the, the track staffers who weren't around in 2001. Because those of us of a certain age all had that look on our face, and it was muscle memory. We all kind of fell back onto, all right, this is, now I remember how to react to this and how to handle this. And then you saw an entire generation who did not. And this was my column that I wrote for USPN.com, which was, you know, we've become, you know, kind of safety spoiled. And this was a reminder because, yes, he literally walked away out of the hospital on Wednesday, but it is a reminder that you can make this as safe as you possibly can but at the end of the day, it will never be truly safe. And, and anyone who needed a wake up call on that, I believe they got it on Monday night.
1: Is there anything to be said or is this just the perspective of someone who doesn't follow the sport closely, who's only covered maybe one race ever that I can remember, uh, and didn't grow up with it? That if the danger isn't there, is some of the appeal gone? I mean, I know that's, that's an old horse that's, that's taken out and discussed a lot, but, but is it true?
0: It is true. And, and there were actually, uh, in the, in these recent years, there were columns written, has NASCAR become too safe? And this was a debate that I've had with people as NASCAR's popularity waned and as the television ratings went down. One of the questions that was asked, and it's a long list of reasons for, for why that's happened, but one of the questions that I've been asked a lot is, is it too safe? Is that danger element gone? But, um, you know, there's always going to be the people who quote Hemingway, right? There are only, what, three true sports. What, mountain climbing, bull, bullfighting, and, uh, auto racing. He said everything else is just a game. And that's fine. But, uh, but I also would like to quote another pretty good writer, Bruce Springsteen, uh, who said, I like my heroes, my gods, grizzled and alive. And, uh, that's kind of how I feel. You know, br- what Bruce said was he said, uh, going out in a blaze of glory is, uh, bull bleep. And that's uh, that's kind of where I am with it. I- I've been to enough funerals of race car drivers that I will uh, I'll trade a little bit of uh, of danger to keep those guys around and tell me the stories in person as opposed to me having to uh, dig them out of my memory.
1: Well said, Ryan. And I think I said old horse. I don't know what that means. I think I meant old saw. So I apologize for that. I try to be precise with my language.
0: I, I followed you for what is. And by the way, you you don't remember this. The first time I met you was at the Daytona International Speedway. Come
1: on. The one time... What was it? Was that 99?
0: You were on a golf cart with uh, one of our fearless field producers.
1: Scott Siebers.
0: Yep. Down there shadowing. Yeah. And I was... was a, maybe Eric Lunston. That was the first time I met you.
1: I remember that. That was... Jeff Gordon won that race, right? Am I right?
0: It, it, that was one of the greatest races ever run down there. I was there with uh, the late great RPM tonight on ESPN2.
1: Right. Of course. Of right. course. I, I I don't think Darrell Waltrip got me, but that's another story for another time. Um,
0: All I know is is that one day, Jeremy, you wake up, and it's your 25th Daytona on a 500, and... Uh, all of a sudden, you realize that you're not the kid in the media center anymore. You're the one people are walking up and asking about drivers that they watched when they were a kid.
1: <laughs> it happens fast. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you go from a prodigy to a veteran in the blink of an eye. Ryan McGee is now very much a veteran, and uh, it's always a pleasure, Ryan. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts.
0: Yes, sir, Jeremy Shepp.